NPR and WBEZ Chicago. This is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Filling in for the legendary Bill Curtis. I'm one of the legendary voices of the NPR credits, Chioki Ianson. And here's your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Chioki. Thank you all so much. We do have a wonderful show for you today to start the year. Later on, we're going to be talking to Mike D'Antoni, the coach of the Houston Rockets of the NBA. But first, as you have figured out, Bill Curtis is taking the week off to maintain that baso profundo. He has to rest his voice once every 40 years. <laughs> and so we are delighted to welcome Chioki Ianson to the judge and scorekeeper seat. You may know him as the guy who voices NPR's funding credits like so. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. <laughs> and support for Peter Sagal's thighs come from Spanx. <laughs> You'll also pick up how we do things here pretty quickly. If you give us a call, the number is one wait wait That's one Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, I'm Caitlin from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, hello, Caitlin. How are you? <laughs> I'm quite well, actually. Thank you. I'm glad to hear it. You don't sound like you're from Birmingham. Am I right? Yeah, no, I'm from uh, actually Pensacola, Florida. Pensacola. And how did you arrive in Birmingham? Which isn't that far. Oh, right? yeah. Um, long journey, let's just say. I uh, About eight years ago, just popped up. Yeah, it just happens. Just popped up? It really just happened. Were you kidnapped? <laughs> Tough, tough night in a bar, you wake up in Birmingham, sometimes it's easier to stay. Well, Caitlin, welcome to our show. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, it's a feature reporter for the style section of the Washington Post. It's Roxanne Roberts. Happy New Year. And next is the host of the confessional podcast, TBTL, and the public radio variety show, Livewire, which will be at the Triple Door in Seattle on February 16th. It's Luke Burbank. And a comedian performing in Houston, Texas next week, January 18th at the Wortham Center. And host of the new weekly podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Caitlin, welcome to the show. You are going to start us off our first show of 2019 the same way all the other years started. But this time we're calling it Who's Chioki this time. Chioki Ianson, filling in for Bill, is going to read you three quotations from the week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain just two of them, you will win our prize. Any voice from our show you might choose on your voicemail. Are you ready to go? Let's do this. Your first quote is, of course, from the President of these United States. I may do it. Probably I will do it. I would almost say definitely. The President <laughs> was expressing his stern, unshakable resolve to declare a national emergency so he can do what? Oh, I don't know. Maybe build that wall. Yes, build that wall. Build that wall. All week. <laughs> President Trump hinted he might declare a national emergency to get the money for his wall. Maybe. He's not sure. The whole point of an emergency is that it's fairly obvious you need to do something about it. <laughs> Nobody stands in front of a house on fire for three days. Might be an emergency. I don't know. It looks pretty burny. <laughs> Basically, Trump declares an emergency only when he wants something and he can't get it any other way. Like, oh no, the White House kitchen is out of Coke. Emergency. Oh no, my wife turned 30. 
Speaking of the White House kitchen being out of Coke, did you see how much he was sniffing during the TV address? <laughs> there was. <laughs> the TV address was a little weird, but not nearly as weird as Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi seemed to be <laughs> giving the response. The two of them crammed together behind a single podium. First, Pelosi spoke, and Schumer just stared at us. <laughs> Silent, unblinking, as if the muscles controlling his eyelids were also furloughed from the government. <laughs> they stood there and stared at us, looking like the owners of that old motel where all the guests keep disappearing. But have you seen their wax museum down in the basement? <laughs> no, no, this was, this was, this was a shout out, a very nuanced shout out to American Gothic. Okay, the only thing that was missing was the pitchfork. <laughs> it had a very, we're not mad at you, we're disappointed in you. Yeah. <laughs> Vibe. Yeah. Caitlin, your next quote is a bit of an understatement about somebody who announced that he was about to become single this week. He's a catch. He's not a loser. That was famous matchmaker Patty Stranger's assessment of the newest eligible bachelor in the scene. What rich man announced his divorce this week? Oh, that shiny bald man yes. favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, but I don't know what no, him be being bald and shiny has to do with it. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Bezos, yes, the richest man in the world announced he was splitting from his wife. Can you imagine how obnoxious you have to be when somebody doesn't want to be married to you even though you're worth more than $100 billion? <laughs> in their statement, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bezos say they're parting as friends and that even if they knew that it would end in divorce 25 years ago, they would still have gotten married. That's very sweet. Uh, it is. Jeff Bezos, of course, credits his wife for all the love and support he received over the decades, and Mackenzie Bezos ended up with $65 billion. Yeah, which means she can go to Whole Foods twice. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't she get some kind of uh, discount since she owns it? No, I don't think he loves that. Now, this announcement seems to have come out of nowhere, but then the National Enquirer unveiled this investigative report. They said they had been following Bezos around for six months. They found out he was having an affair. They even found love notes he wrote to his uh, girlfriend. Uh, hey, since you looked at my face, you might also like what's in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> he owns Amazon, you see. So like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> The, the, the Inquirer actually did reveal the actual texts he allegedly sent to his mistress, and they're a little, little odd. Uh, Chioki, can you read a couple? These are all real. I want to smell you. <laughs> I will show you with my body and my lips and my eyes very soon. I love you, alive girl. Wow. It's alive girl that really gets you. You really does. You can see why he was so entranced by her. She's alive. Did he write those or did he just say, uh, Alexa, send some sexts? No, they have that thing on email now. It's just horrible where you get an email and then it gives you these replies. responses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure. Or, you know, that's I think great. That's, yeah. See you then. Yeah. I love you, alive girl. So, yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be weird, though? I mean, I don't know what will happen with his current, I guess, girlfriend, but if he ends up dating as the richest person in the world, wouldn't that be awkward, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. how because do you... Because dating is so smooth otherwise. No, I mean... <laughs> I mean, how do you make sure that people are just interested in you and not in your billions of dollars? Split the bill. 
You know, as somebody who lives on a public radio salary, yeah. people liking you for you is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on, people who are wanting to come after me for my billions. Is this a challenge you want? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Caitlin, uh, your last quote is from the world of literature, a revelation we heard about just this week. We need to talk about wizard poop. That was a headline. <laughs> that was a headline from Jezebel commenting on the recent and shocking revelation about what literary universe? Oh, wizard. Oh, Harry Potter. Yes, Harry Potter. This was all the rage in literary circles. So J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter novels, occasionally writes more about them in various forums, including this website, Pottermore. And she wrote this essay and mentioned in passing, just in the way that you do, that it wasn't until modern times that the wizards in her books installed bathrooms at Hogwarts. Because, you see, quote, hitherto they simply relieved themselves wherever they stood and vanished the evidence, unquote. <laughs> This is how Dumbledore got his name. So <laughs> she may, we don't know, Ms. Rowling can be sly. She might have meant this as a joke, but people went nuts, especially parents who had bought their kids wizard costumes that were dry clean only. That's really a gross idea. Come it is a gross it. idea. You'd yeah. still want to go someplace privately, I think. Too. Well, she said, I, mean, well, I just I mean, hate the idea of Hermione just in class. Yeah. <laughs> don't you think there's a certain sort of too much information quality to this? Yes. I mean, does anybody need to know? Well, it's almost as if, you know, because there's this insatiable hunger for more wizard stuff yeah. from Miss yeah. Rowling, who has moved in many ways on to other things. And so maybe she's just like, you want more information? Here you go. <laughs> I was just thinking, though, that wizards would never have to suffer impotence. <laughs> Because? because? If we don't ask that question, she'll never answer it. <laughs> That's one no, strategy. I have to. No, no, I have to, I have no, to do I, it. I, I, Paula, I, I why is know. that, Paula? Uh, magic wands? <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, lifto. Jokey, <laughs> <laughs> how did Caitlin do on our quiz? Wingardium Leviosa. Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin got three right, making her a winner. Congratulations, Caitlin. Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Paula, members of a once prestigious organization are complaining that the group has become nothing more than a place for hard drinking and partying. What is this group? Uh, the uh, White House staff? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you a hint. When these people are boozing it up, it's a literal genius bar. Oh, Mensa? Mensa, oh, yes. Oh, for heaven's sakes, really? Mensa. The, the smart people get together and drink? That's what they're doing. They're oh, gonna, for heaven's They're going to party sakes. like it's the square root of 3,996,001. <laughs> Said one member quoted in the Wall Street Journal, these are wonderful, loving, playful people. They also drink more than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> That's right. These nerds are out here to raise the roof, and they know exactly how many foot-pounds of force will be required to do it. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to Dubai in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. 
Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Royal Caribbean, who invites you to discover that adventure doesn't happen if you just go along for the ride. With Royal Caribbean, you can tell gravity to take a flying leap as you skydive at sea, take a new culinary world tour on board every night, and discover different island destinations all in one trip. Why just vacation in the Caribbean when you can go on an adventure with Royal Caribbean? Come seek at royalcaribbean.com. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Stasha Shepard thought she knew her dad. But then one day, a stranger called their home. The phone is in my ear and he's saying, your father's a crook. Did you know that? The story of a fallen hero and the mysterious obsession that drove him for decades. This week on Hidden Brain. From NPR and WBZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Filling in for Bill Curtis, I'm Chioki Ianson, one of the voices of the NPR credits and the voice of all your NPR fantasies. <laughs> We're playing this week with Paula Poundstone, Luke Burbank, and Roxanne Roberts. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Chioki. Right now, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yes, I am. You, <laughs> <laughs> you are on okay. the show. Tell me who's calling. This is Jean Winther. I'm in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Where is Mount Pleasant, Michigan? It's where Central Michigan University is. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, do you work there? No, I'm retired, but I take classes in the fall each year. Oh, that's terrific. What sort of things are you interested in learning? Anything that looks interesting, and I don't have to do the work, and I don't get paid for it, so it's just great. That's so. awesome. <laughs> hey, you described working on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me it's as a true. panelist. Gene, <laughs> right. welcome to the show. You're going to play our game in which humans tried to tell truth from fiction. Choki, what is Gene's topic? You've got Dubai problems. The city of Dubai gets its name from the fact that no matter how expensive something is, people there do buy it. <laughs> also, in Dubai, that joke would be punishable by death. Anyway, all that wealth in Dubai comes with a price. Our panelists are going to tell you three stories of problems specific to Dubai. Pick the one who's telling the truth and you'll win our prize, the weight waiter of your choice on your voicemail. You ready to play? Uh-huh. All right, first let's hear from Luke Burbank. Alok Verma is a 29-year-old social media celebrity from Dubai who got very rich and famous for being, well, rich and famous. He was one of his nation's first reality TV stars. Think of him sort of as the Tim Kardashian of the United Arab Emirates. So you might say it's somewhat ironic that it was a social media-related stunt that landed him in the hospital this week. As the Khalij Times reported, Verma was just the latest high earner in the UAE to injure himself taking part in something called the Scrooge McDuck Challenge, where very rich people, let's be honest, very rich guys, women would never be stupid enough to do this, liquidate their entire fortunes into gold, silver, and diamonds, then fill a swimming pool with the treasure, and then dive in. The problem, as Verma and a surprisingly high number of other dudes in Dubai have learned through personal experience, is that Scrooge McDuck is a cartoon character. And in the real world, where we all live, the treasures, though individually small, come together to form an impenetrable, solid mass. 
A mass that broke both of Verma's wrists, caused a compression fracture of his spine, and left him with no actual memory of the event. The last thing I remember, I was at the bank, he told the newspaper. And then I was waking up in a hospital bed, and they were telling me I might lose the vision in my right eye because I'd gotten a doubloon stuck in it. <laughs> Doctors do expect Verma's memory to return eventually, and his wrists and back should heal just fine, too. The vision damage, though, in his eye, that might be permanent, something Verma is taking in stride. Worst case scenario, he said from his hospital room, I'll have to wear a monocle. Just like my new hero, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> the Scrooge McDuck challenge in which a dumb young rich guy jumped into all his money and badly hurt himself. Your next story of a Dubai don't comes from Roxanne Roberts. There's gold in them thar chicken nuggets. Yes, behold the gold rush in the United Arab Emirates where there's a race to see who can put the most edible gold on the most unlikely food. Gold flake pizza, soup, french fries, cocktails, and of course desserts including red velvet cake with gold frosting and ice cream wrapped in 24 karat gold leaf. The gold doesn't add to the taste, but it looks great on Instagram. Not so much in person though. Quote, I had gold all over my teeth and mouth. Roger Alimprado told the Wall Street Journal after trying his $75 gold cappuccino. That hasn't stopped people from ordering $45 gold chicken nuggets, $99 gold hamburgers, and for $340, a 14-ounce sirloin steak wrapped in gold. Explained the general manager of the Four Seasons, quote, it's absolutely excessive and absolutely Dubai. <laughs> Too much gold in the food. Your last story of Mo Money, Mo Problems comes from Paula Poundstone. Many residents of Dubai struggle to find uses for their money, and more importantly, uses for their money that highlight the fact that they have so much. The Peacock Company is there to help. Peacocks are to the Peacock Company what electric scooters are to the Bird Company. Like the scooter users, Peacock users can use the Peacock app to find uh, where there is a Peacock to rent nearest to them. <laughs> and the company provides thousands, or they may just trip over one on the street and use their app to pay to rent it. The Peacocks are tethered to docks that have been installed throughout the city of the overly indulged. Why rent a Peacock? Because you can, and people do. A peacock fanning its glorious tail feathers is like the user fanning out a fat stack of cash. It's a status symbol that poops. <laughs> Peacocks are also noisy. The burden is most noticeable in elevators. Dubai prides itself in high-rise buildings, and peacock renters have discovered that the birds are afraid of heights. Peacocks fly, but they don't go very high, and on an elevator, they pass out at about the sixth floor. <laughs> but not before they lose their lunch at the fifth. All right, one of these is a problem that people have encountered in the ultra-rich Gulf city of Dubai. Is it from Luke Burbank, the Scrooge McDuck challenge in which at least one wealthy idiot injured himself by converting all his money into cash and trying to dive into it? from Roxanne Roberts, the story of how it's impossible to find anything to eat in Dubai that isn't covered with gold, or from Paula Poundstone, the Rent-A-Peacock app 
which has resulted in just too many peacocks in the city of Dubai. Which of these is the real story of troubles in that paradise? I think because it's so stupid, <laughs> I'm going to go with number two, the gold-covered food. Too much food covered in too much gold. You've chosen Roxanne's story because it sounds stupid enough to do. Well, we spoke to somebody who reported on this bizarre phenomenon. Well, it doesn't have any real taste. Restaurants that will serve you gold flakes instead of Parmesan cheese and gold-wrapped steaks. That was Michael Amon, the Wall Street Journal's deputy bureau chief for the Middle East and North Africa, who wrote the story about gold taking over the dining scene in Dubai. Congratulations, Gene. You got You're it right. Welcome. You earned a point for Roxanne Roberts. You've won our prize, the voice of your choice in your voicemail. Congratulations. Thank you so much for playing with us today. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. And now the game where successful people find out what it's like to not know why you're even playing. It's called Not My Job. Mike D'Antoni is a former NBA player, a star in the Italian Basketball League, and for 16 years a head coach in the NBA with the Phoenix Suns, LA Lakers, New York Knicks, and now the Houston Rockets. He was the 2017 NBA Coach of the Year, and he joins us now. Coach Mike, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thanks, guys. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. So first of all, how's the Rockets doing? Uh, are you satisfied with how the season is going? We're doing better now. We had a rough start, a lot of injuries and uh, some problems, but you know the ship is going pretty good right now. I'm glad to hear it. Now, are you a guy who uh, feels the progress of your team emotionally? Do you get upset when it's going poorly? Do you feel elated when it's going well? Yeah, I mean, you you know, I think we're all in this business, especially because we want to compete, and you get emotionally invested in the players and the fans, and you yeah. know, I'm, I've been in the fetal position a lot of times on the couch, that's for sure. <laughs> really? <laughs> Not on the bench, though. That would be funny yeah. if they panned that over would to be you. Tougher. You were that lying there. The players would like me to be that. Um, what's it like getting to watch James Harden play every night? Uh, special. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's the real deal. Yeah. And it's... Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's better than what most people think. He's, he's the best I've seen. For people who don't know, James Harden is known for his extraordinary offensive play and also for his amazing beard. Yeah. Have you ever had to talk to him about the beard? Like, dude, nobody can see your uniform number. You need to... No, most of the time it's like, you know, you got egg in there or you got... <laughs> you, is, is part of your duties as head coach like yeah. picking the nits out of James Harden's beard? Sometimes that's my only duty. <laughs> He seems pretty serious. Are you allowed to tease him about his beard? Uh, very carefully. <laughs> yeah, I know. So when did you figure out that you could be a coach in this league? When I'm 39 years old and I retire from playing and I'm looking around and going, now what? And so it's like, you know, I had really good teams in Europe and I got lucky. And uh, like anybody else, is just being in the right spot at the right time and, uh, Went back and started coaching the NBA. Do you have, like, psychological uh, techniques that you use? <laughs> no, no, no. That would mean that I would have to be, and the players have to be smart, so we're not, no, we're just playing ball. Coach, you're known for a really up-tempo style. Do players like playing for you because of that, or is it exhausting for them? <laughs> no, no, it's, I think they like it. Um, there's been some that haven't liked it, and obviously I've been to different cities. I've been fired a few times, so there's a lot of players that don't like that. No, no. They don't like being fired, or they don't like when you get fired? 
No, they get me fired. Oh, I so, see. Obviously, they didn't like to play that, the way I wanted to play. Well, that, that to me is interesting because you're coaching incredibly well-paid, incredibly talented athletes who have been at the pinnacle of their sport for probably their entire careers. Like everybody in the NBA was a superstar until the moment they got there. Yeah. How do you handle people like that who are the stars of the league? Well, there's a lot of groveling and begging and, <laughs> and pleading. Well, right. I think then that you need to have some psychological techniques. There you go. <laughs> so, so seriously, how do you, if, if James Harden, say, or, or Chris Paul, both superstars, if, if you want them to do something they're not doing or you want them to do something better or different, how do you do that? We work together, and uh, I get my experience in there, and we, we're very analytic-based now, so a lot of it is data-driven where they can see that it makes sense. Right. Give me an example of a time where a problem is solved by data. Well, you'd have a player that shoots primarily uh, two-point shots instead of three-point shots. I mean, I'm not going to get too technical, but uh, I can show them some of the data that shooting that shot there is not as effective as shooting the three points. So you have to Wait change your Wait a minute. But, uh -huh. but they don't know that three points is well, higher than two points? <laughs> hey, it's taken, about 20, it's taken about 20 years for the NBA to figure that out. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait Coach, a minute. Coach um, uh, I'm on a, a YMCA men's team in Bellingham, <laughs> Washington. We're called the Sledgehogs. You've probably heard of us. Yeah. I didn't name the team. We um, have scouts there most of the night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we lost a game this week by 49 points. <laughs> Do you have any any advice for us as how to be a better team? <laughs> yeah, well, start scoring more points. With that. Yeah, yeah. I think Is three points more than two points? <laughs> yeah, three. Okay. Two threes. The biggest cliche of every sports movie any of us have ever seen is the halftime motivational speech, right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Do you give so, that? Yeah. No. <laughs> really? Most of the time, I'm, like I said, I'm in that fetal position. They're giving me the speech. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, Coach, it is great to have you with us. We have invited you here today to play our game, and we call it... Mike D'Antoni. Meet Mike Dan and Tony. Since you your name is built out of three first names, much like a transformer, Mike, Dan, and Tony, right. we thought we'd ask you one question each about a Mike, a Dan, and a Tony. All right. If you get two right, could be a Dan and Mike, could be a Tony and Dan, could be a Tony and Mike. If you do any of those, you'll win our prize for one of our listeners, the voice of their choice from our show. Chioki, who is Coach Mike D'Antoni playing for? Jim Hogan of Geneva, New York. Are right, you ready to play? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. First up, uh, Michael Jordan, you may have heard of him. He remains the world's most famous Mike. He was so famous during his heyday that you could find which of these? A, a shrine to him in the palace of North Korean dictator Kim Jong-il. B, a megachurch in Lebanon that believed he was the Messiah. Or C, the Be Like Mike diet book, which recommended you consume only Gatorade and expensive cigars. <laughs> I'm probably going with the shrine in North Korea just because Dennis Rodman solved our problems there, right? You're right. You're exactly right. It turns out that uh, Kim Jong-un got his love of the Great Bulls teams of yesteryear yeah. from his father, Kim Jong-il. So Kim Jong-il, the dictator, had a shrine to Michael Jordan. All right, next up is Dan. One of the most famous Dans in American history was Vice President Dan Quayle. 
He's remembered now, mostly for misspelling the word potato and for not being Jack Kennedy, but he also said many memorable things during his time in the public light, including which of these? A, quote, I have made good judgments in the past. I have made good judgments in the future. <laughs> B, quote, I believe we are on an irreversible trend towards more freedom and democracy, but that could change. <laughs> or C, quote, the Holocaust was an obscene period in our nation's history. No, not our nation's, but in World War II. I mean, we all lived in this century. I didn't live in this century, but in this century's history, unquote. Now, do you have D, all of the above? Uh, <laughs> that's actually right. I'm going to give it to you. He said all of those things. Uh, the last up is Tony. So one of the most famous Tonys, of course, is Tony the Tiger. <laughs> Tony the Tiger, the serial spokes animal, has fans around the world. They can get a little out of hand, though, such as when which of these actually happened. A, a group of people started raising money to save tigers from, they said, being harvested to make frosted flakes. <laughs> B, Tony the Tiger went on Twitter to ask furries to please stop sending him anthropomorphic erotica. Or C, somebody invented a language called Tony Talk, which is English, but you growl every R. I'm going with B. <laughs> You're exactly right, coach. This happened a couple years ago. A lot of people were tweeting inappropriate things at Tony the Tiger, so he tweeted, quote, I'm all for showing your stripes, feathers, etc., but let's keep things great and family-friendly if you could. Cubs could be watching. <laughs> Jokey, how did Coach Mike D'Antoni do in our quiz? Nothing but net. Mike got three out of three. Congratulations, Coach. Mike D'Antoni is coach of the Houston Rockets. Coach Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. In just a minute, we get intimate with a bicycle in our Listener Limerick Challenge game. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We will be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Strava, voted the number one running app five years in a row by the Running Awards. Strava is a tracking app, a training log, and a global community of active people just like you, running around in circles mostly to keep themselves from shouting at their children. Strava is free and works with almost every phone and GPS watch. Go to strava.com wait, download the app, and get going. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, and on the next How I Built This... How two women with no background in fitness set up some stationary bikes, dimmed the lights, boosted the music, and created a cult following in a multi-million dollar business called SoulCycle. You can find How I Built This wherever you listen to podcasts. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Filling in for Bill Curtis, I'm Chioki Ianson, one of the voices of the NPR credits. And if you haven't guessed by now, I'm contractually obligated to say that. 
We're playing this week with Paula Poundstone, Roxanne Roberts, and Luke Burbank. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Chioki. In just a minute, Chioki gives the best actor Golden Globe to Rimey Malik in our Listener Limerick Challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's 1-888-924-8924. Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Paula, the big technology show CES is on right now, and one of the gadgets making a splash is a new $1,800 treadmill from a Korean company, specifically designed to help who lose weight? Uh, cats. Exactly right. There you go! <laughs> Did you know that? No. Why did you guess that? Uh, because I was just thinking of a need that should be filled. Well, you'd be thrilled. Yeah. Uh, the, My- the treadmill is called the little cat, and you start by setting a weight target for your cat by Don't Go Crazy. You could stand to lose 10 pounds. That would make your cat disappear. Then uh, the, the treadmill plays messages like, Here, kitty, kitty. And uh, when you become physically fit, humans will become your prey. And- <laughs> Sure. My, my cat Matilda was so fat that she couldn't have done a treadmill because every, just walking across the floor, she would go like, <laughs> because she was so fat that it hurt her legs to hoist herself. Well, what, what was I to do? I mean, so I'm like, well, run over here, get on this treadmill. <laughs> Wouldn't work at all. I would absolutely watch a TV network that's only show was cats on treadmills. <laughs> Roxanne, this week somebody got in trouble for accidentally calling 911. Where was this person? I think I read this someplace, but I'm, I'm going to need a hint. Uh, hi, my emergency is that I'm like eight miles above the Earth. An astronaut? An astronaut, yes. The space station is where they were. <laughs> Is this a butt dial? Uh, no. <laughs> so apparently, uh, just like in your office, to, to dial out at the space station, you have to dial nine. Wow. And one particular <laughs> astronaut dialed nine and then hit one and one. And the next thing you know, is like, where's the emergency? And he's like, I'm in space. <laughs> no one can hear me scream. <laughs> That's where your space force comes what? in. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that there's a phone on there. Like, does it have a super long cord so like the, the teenage astronaut can go around into a different part of the space station and talk to her friends? Yeah. <laughs> Roxanne, this week, one woman in China woke up with a very rare condition. She can no longer hear what? Justin Bieber songs. <laughs> Not quite, no. No. Um... For many women, it wouldn't be so much a hearing problem as a hearing solution. She couldn't hear her husband. She couldn't hear any men at all. The woman, uh, identified in the news report as Mrs. Chen, went to bed nauseous. She woke up feeling much better with a calm stomach and a complete inability to hear her boyfriend speak. Chen went to the hospital and met with a, a specialist who explained, quote, she was able to hear me when I spoke to her, but when a young male patient walked in, she couldn't hear him at all. That's right, the doctor was a woman. <laughs> Chen apparently lost the ability to hear low-frequency tones, so she won't be able to hear guys or their sick beats until she recovers. <laughs> we hope she enjoys her recovery. We have no idea how she's going to go through life without having men telling her how Bitcoin works. Wait, 
without having men tell her how everything works. works. Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, Roxanne. Uh, <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank. But first, it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows right here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago and our upcoming shows in Savannah, Georgia on February 7th in San Diego, California on March 14th. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, my Hi. name's Doug Moore. I'm in San Diego, California. Hey, San Diego. What should we yeah. know? I just said we're just going there in a couple months. What should we know about San Diego these days? Uh, I, I don't know. I always just hang out at the drop zone. Uh, Are you a skydiver? Oh, you hang out at the drop zone? Uh, yeah, I, I work there, and yeah, I'm a skydiver. Oh, cool! I used to skydive. Really? Yeah, yeah. Did you get your A license? I did. I no, I, I did twelve dives. I mean, I I, I cool. was I was good enough that here I am. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, do you do this professionally then? Uh, yeah, I, I rig parachutes professionally. I just skydive for fun. You don't R want a hobbyist parachute rigger. No, no. no. <laughs> Doug, welcome to the show. Chioki I. Anson, right here, is making his debut as a professional limerick reciter. He's going to recite for you three limericks, but he's not going to say the last word. That's up to you. Each limerick is about an item from the week's news. Complete the limerick. Two times out of three, you'll win our prize. You ready to play? Sure. All right, here's your first limerick. My helmet I don't really like, but for spandex and foot clips, I'm psyched. And my soul is aflame for that ultralight frame. I'm deeply in love with my bike. Yes, bike. Very good. Research out this week says cyclists have an emotional connection to their bikes, forming bonds akin to that of a spouse or a child. Hmm. They give their bikes names. They nurture them. They kiss them. I mean, they fix them. They fix their bicycles. <laughs> Researchers say the bond is formed through shared experiences. The bike is such a huge part of your daily routine. You start to think of it as a friend instead of a means of transportation. Kind of a strange friendship. Hey, I'm going into bar. Do you mind standing outside for seven hours? <laughs> I had a Huffy Sweet Thunder that was a hand-me-down that I think I had caught feelings for. Yeah. It was 12 or 13. Yeah, I think I could, I could see someone, a guy having a feelings for a Huffy Sweet Thunder. <laughs> it, was, it was a hand-me-down from what, like one, some extended family member. It was pink. It had flowers on it. It was not technically at that time a guy's bike. <laughs> Yeah, Huffy Sweet Thunder. <laughs> Didn't Trump pay her off? <laughs> Here is your next limerick. <laughs> Even French diners find it too crude to have bare breasts and thighs with their oh, yeah. food. It was au naturel, but the meals didn't sell, so they'll no longer eat in the... Nude. Right! The Parisian restaurant Au Natural is closing its doors after launching as France's premier nude restaurant in 2017. They just couldn't get enough butts in the seats. In addition to its lack of customers, the restaurant couldn't keep up with its costly hair nut expenses. All the cooks needed two. Did you intentionally say hair nut? <laughs> I did not. At no point in the experience does this sound like a good idea. No. Yeah. Like, just the injuries from gravy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah, there's a lot of safety issues there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
Boy, when you drop your knife, you jump back. It's good. <laughs> All right, here is your last limerick. The bluefin came in on a schooner, brought down by a gold-toothed harpooner. Its rare taste is why the price is so high. I bid three million bucks on a... $4.4 million tuna. Whoa! <laughs> you knew the actual amount. <laughs> we have a difference of opinion. A man in Japan bought a 613-pound bluefin tuna for, we thought, $3 million. You're saying it was more than that? Uh, that's the headline I saw. Did All you right. buy it, Doug? Uh, People who wondered what the man was planning to do with the tuna got their answer when he bought five cases of cream of mushroom soup. <laughs> Tuna hot dish, baby! <laughs> Jokey, how did Doug do? Doug got three out of three. Congratulations! He is a winner. Congratulations! Right. My wife is going to be very mad at me if I don't ask a favor, Peter. Sure, what is it? Can I give a shout-out to her and everybody at her work? Because apparently everybody in her shop listens to your show. Well, what, well tell me, what, what, what is the shop? Uh, it's the Raytheon Sea Ram shop in Bagram, Afghanistan. Whoa! Oh, man. Bagram, well, go ahead. Say hello to everybody. All right. Hey, all of you guys contracting over there at the 401st AFSBN in Bagram, Afghanistan. Hey, how's it going? I got <laughs> <a great> <laughs> Doug, thank you so much for playing. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the new Capital One Saver card, you can earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That means 4% on checking out that new restaurant everybody's talking about, and 4% on watching your team win at home. Now when you go out, you cash in. You'll also earn 2% cash back at grocery stores and 1% on all other purchases. What's in your wallet? Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, where opportunity takes root. More information is available at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Now it is time for our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer is now worth two points. Chioki, can you give us the scores? Roxanne has four. Luke and Paula are tied with two. All right. We've flipped a coin. Paula has elected to go second. So, Luke, that means you are up first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank. This week, the U.S. resumed its ongoing trade talks with blank. China. Right. This week, Deputy Attorney General Blank said he would step down after Mueller finishes his investigation. Uh, Rod Rosenstein. Yes. Police in Ontario have issued a statement about the proper use of 911 after a woman called the police to report blank. They called to report that her Timbits from Tim Hortons were uh, cold. No, she called 911 to report that she did not like her daughter's friends. <laughs> <laughs> this, week, this week, more than one million felons in blank regained their right to vote. Florida. Right. On Monday, blank beat Alabama to claim their second college football title in three years. Clemson. Right. A woman in Virginia was surprised to discover that the Christmas tree she bought also came with blank inside of it. A war on Christmas. No. <laughs> the Christmas tree came with thousands of praying mantises. Oh, wow. <laughs> when Molly Croys brought her tree home, she didn't notice the walnut-sized brown egg case under one of the branches. However, she did notice a few hours later when her living room was swarmed with dozens and dozens of baby praying mantises. 
Finally, someone who's putting the Christ, look at all those praying mantises, <laughs> back in Christmas. She's rescued the manises and is feeding them rather than doing the obvious thing, leaving the house and never ever returning in this life. <laughs> Chioki, I usually do a lot better. I just want you to know. <laughs> okay. Chioki, how poorly did, Lu- did Luke do this time? He got four right um, for eight more points, a total of ten, and he's now in the lead. All right, Paula, you're yeah, up next. Thanks. Fill in the blank. Right. After undergoing surgery for lung cancer, blank missed oral arguments for the first time since being named to the Supreme Court. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. During his trip to China, it was reported that blank had reaffirmed his commitment to denuclearization. Uh, t- uh, Kim Jong-un. Right. On Sunday, French President Emmanuel Macron accused the so-called blank protesters of using extreme violence. Oh, yellow vest? Yes. This week, an Uber driver went viral after he was filmed trash-talking the L.A. Chargers by his passenger, who was blank. Uh, one of the LA charges. Yes, the running back, in fact. According to a new study, U.S. blank emissions spiked in 2018. Um, carbon, di- car- carbon monoxide. Yes. Following damage to trees caused by visitors, Blank National Park in California announced plans to close for the duration of the shutdown. Uh, uh, Joshua Tree. Yes. Police in Australia responding to reports of a man in a house screaming, Why won't you die? Over and over again, broke down the door and found blank. Uh, found, uh, well, something's still alive. He found... <laughs> He found a man trying to kill a spider. <laughs> According to police reports, several passersby called 911 after hearing threats being shouted from a nearby house. Worried that someone might be in danger, officers were dispatched to the neighborhood with their sirens blaring, only to find a man trying and failing to kill a spider. The man is now resting comfortably at home and is sure the walnut-sized egg case looking thing in his Christmas tree <laughs> is nothing to worry about. Jokey, how did Paula do in our quiz? Paula got six right for 12 more points, a total of 14, and Paula is now in the lead. Woo! And how many then does Roxanne need to win, which you being new here, you might not know, she will inevitably do. Roxanne needs five to tie and six to win. She is gonna win. Here we go, Roxanne. (laughs) This is for the game, fill in the blank. During an interview with 60 Minutes, Democratic Representative Blank said, quote, there is no question that President Trump is racist. I'm going to mispronounce her name. Alexandra Ocasio... Yes, you got it almost right. Ocasio-Cortez. This week, military officials said they'd captured a U.S. teen fighting for blank in Syria. For ISIS. Right. On Wednesday, President Trump said that he had ordered FEMA to stop sending aid to the areas of California affected by blanks. The wildfire. Yes. This week, shareholders filed suit against search giant blank for offering payouts to executives accused of sexual harassment. Google. Right. This week, police in Ohio managed to find a man's drug stash, despite the fact that he hid it in blank. Oh. Police station? Is no, that something he, weird? He hid his drugs in a box labeled, not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday, the chairman of department store blank announced a new $5 billion bid to save the retailer. Sears. Right. Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book with the surprise winners of the 76th Annual Blank Awards. Golden Globes. Right. This week, a woman in Oklahoma who shot a deer off-season got busted when she blanked. Uh, was this the person that confessed? There was a woman, there was a poacher who shot, and then they confessed at a dating app, and the guy was a, a, the, it was a game warden. Yes. Okay. She got caught <laughs> because she bragged about it on a dating app to a game warden. As anyone uh, skilled in the art of online dating knows, uh, the best possible pickup line is, Hi, how are you? I just shot a deer. (laughs) That's exactly what this Oklahoma woman texted her new match, completely unaware that he was a game warden, and it worked. He was interested. (laughs) 
He wrote back asking flirty follow-up questions like, did you use a bow? And do you have a DMP permit for zones 36 or 34? <laughs> Joke, did Roxanne do well enough to win? Just as you predicted, Roxanne <laughs> got seven right for 14 more points. So with 18 points, Roxanne is this week's champion. Congratulations. In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists, now that we know far too much about Harry Potter, what will be the next shocking revelation from the world of literature? But first, let me tell you, special thanks this week to Farmhouse Tavern in Chicago for feeding us again the carrots. Spectacular. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Tyler Green, assisted by Simon Tran and Mary D'Olio. Our brand new interns just out of the box. Alex McOwen and Rachel Klepper. Our web guru is Beth Novi. BJ Liederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dernboss, and Lillian King. Our open bracket credit, closed bracket, is Peter Gwynn. Technical directions from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. And the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Mike. What is that smell? Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next big revelation from the world of literature? Luke Burbank. Holden Caulfield's father secretly funneled millions of untaxed dollars to him over the years. <laughs> Roxanne Roberts. Jay Gatsby was never great or even good. His wife says he was kind of meh. <laughs> Paula Poundstone. Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn didn't use a raft, they used skidoos, and they ate freeze-dried food on the island. And if any of that happens, panel, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you so much, Chioki. I answer. Thanks also to Luke Burbank, Roxanne Roberts, and Paula Pazzo. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Peter Sagal. We'll be back with you next week. This is NPR.